Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. It is the day after the first voting for the presidential election of 2016 began with the Iowa caucus. Brad Bannon is my co-host in this hour, normally joins me on Fridays, but I had to have Brad back after we got the results. We really have the results now. How many people voted on the left? How many people voted on the right? And winners declared on both Democratic and Republican sides. Uh, Brad Bannon, as you are aware, runs, and if you're not, he runs Bannon Communications Research. They're a polling development, message development, excuse me, a media firm that help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. And recently, Brad acquired a new position. In addition to being a poli-sci professor at Suffolk University, he's a weekly blogger for EpicTimes.com. Formerly, he wrote for U.S. News and World Report. Always a pleasure to have my buddy and co-host this hour, Talking Iowa, Brad Bannon. And by the way, folks, just because I'm talking to Brad doesn't mean you can't call in. Please call in with your questions. Brad is a Democratic strategist. He knows this stuff. He knows the polls, and he will have answers to your questions that I may not. 8886 leslie 8886537543 to call. Tweet. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Follow Brad on Twitter, at Brad Bannon. That's B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N. Hey, buddy, thanks for joining us uh, here on the Only True Democracy and Talk Radio once again as a co-host, and uh, glad to have you with us. Hey, Leslie, how you doing? Well, you predicted it. Um, you Actually, you predicted uh, uh, the Republican. Did you say it would be Cruz, or did you say it would be Trump? I said it was Cruz. I picked Cruz and, Cruz and Clinton. Okay, and you did say... That if you had a gun to your head, you would pick Clinton because you were not surprised it was this close, Hillary Clinton's win in Iowa, correct? Uh, no, I mean, I, yeah, it was a very close race uh, when I talked to you last time, uh, and it finished uh, very close, too. But uh, when all push comes to shove, Hillary Clinton won, uh, mainly because she won 24 delegates uh, yesterday, last night uh, to compare to 21 uh, for Bernie Sanders, so that makes her the winner. Now, when some people you know, say, oh, it's a coin toss, although specifically overall it was not, can you explain to folks, we know what a coin toss is, but do they really toss a coin in some of those areas of Iowa that are that close? Yeah, they did. Uh, they actually tossed a coin because that was the only uh, – they had an equal number of uh, caucus participants uh, for Sanders and for Clinton. And so they, they did – a lot of coins, coins got tossed last night in Iowa. But not overall the whole state, just in not some, the of, the, state, some of the districts. Not individual precincts mm-hmm. where they had ties. No, speaking, um, uh, let's talk about a few things, so many things I want to ask you. I was just uh, 
it well actually it's playing right now for people listening uh, is it wait two three four no in the next hour um, I taped earlier uh, a segment on Sean Hannity's radio show and of course and Sean and I are friends personally and politically we do not agree at all I don't think there's one thing we agree on um, but uh, politically and you know a lot of people are you know saying oh this is a joke she eked by you know she won and Sanders people were calling it a virtual tie but. For Let's just look at Hillary's side first, then we'll look at Bernie, and then we'll go over to the Republicans, if you're cool with that. For, sure. Hil- for Hillary, she did not get slaughtered by Bernie. And Well, well you tell me. I mean, wh- was this a victory, or is it eh, not that much of a victory, because she really only won by three delegates? Well, I would argue it was a victory. Why? Uh, your listeners should consider these two numbers. 409... And 50. Uh, according to the Associated Press, after last night, those are the number of delegates uh, to the national convention each candidate has. Uh, uh, Hillary Clinton has 409, which includes the 24 she won last night, and the 385 pledgers from superdelegates. Uh, Bernie Sanders has 50. But, but the, let, let me jump in. But those 300, what did you say, 395? Were, 85. Super, 85. Okay, the 385. Can those individuals, uh, and up until what point, can they change their mind and change their loyalty? In other words, could could you know one of the 409 in the H column go to one of the 50 in the B column? Well, yeah, theoretically they could, uh, but they'll need a very good reason to do so. So people understand, what does a pledge involve? Is it a handshake? Is it a phone call? Is it an email? Because I, I would have doubt it's anything in writing because then legally she could say, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I got it in writing that you pledged your vote for me. Well, the, this is uh, based on uh, the Associated Press uh, called or contacted in some way uh, all the superdelegates. Uh, and uh, based on their count, uh, that's what they got based on their conversations with the superdelegates. Uh, uh, 385 said so they were voting for Hillary Clinton, uh, and 29 said they were voting for Bernie Sanders. Okay. And uh, so including Bill Clinton, I'm sure, cast his superdelegate vote as a former president, right? Don't former yes, president? he does. Yes, yes. Uh, um, just for your listeners, the people who get to be superdelegates, first of all, there are no superdelegates on the Republican side, but Democrats who uh, hold statewide office uh, or are members of the House of Representatives or the Senate are automatically uh, delegates by the uh, Democratic National Commission, uh, Committee's rules. And when we look at the full numbers, so that everybody understands how many, how 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 many, uh, do, you know, how many total do the Democrats have, and how many do you have to have to win? It's it's almost half that you need, correct? Uh, yeah, the uh, figure, uh, the figure to actually win the Democratic nomination uh, is uh, two thousand three hundred and eighty-two out of a total of four thousand what? Uh, actually, I have four four thousand seven hundred and sixty three. Okay, so al- almost half, a little less than yeah. half. Um, okay, and then re- uh, Republicans will talk in a bit because they have a, it. It's different for them, and you know, I don't know. Sometimes when when people sit down and actually look at our system, it's amazing anybody gets elected at all, and it's sort of like who thought this up and why did they make it so crazy and so difficult? Um, okay, so let so, so so you say it was a win. 
How how much of a win was it for Senator Sanders? Some people are saying not as big as it could have been. He didn't do what Obama did. So do you feel he did better than expected, about what expected, or not as well as expected? Well, I think about uh, as well as, you know, just about as well as expected. I mean, you've got to give the Sanders campaign a lot of credit. They started with nothing in Iowa, and they got to the point where they almost got as many uh, votes and delegates as the frontrunner did, Hillary Clinton. Uh, but at some point... Uh, actual delegates uh, is what counts. Uh, And at the end of the day and the night, uh, the only thing that matters is which candidate has uh, gets to the uh, 2,382 delegates uh, they need uh, to win the nomination. Okay, so let's talk about um, where we go from here. Well, for 180,000 Republicans um, voted, 171,000 Democrats voted. Uh, So many things I want to talk about. Mark and I were talking off the air before the segment, how when you add the number of people in the state of Iowa and the number of people that showed up last night, that's only six, without a snowstorm that was supposed to come, it's hitting today apparently, 16% of the population in a state that is 92% white. Why on earth does Iowa continue to be so important, the number one a caucus state and the, and the state that we lead with when it is not a representation of the nation and when 16%, that's a pathetically low number, show up uh, to participate in this caucus? Well, uh, Leslie, there isn't a good reason. The uh, the reason is the same reason why the National League uh, still uh, doesn't use the designated hitter, hitter in Major League Baseball. Tradition. Um, Iowa's always been first. Uh, New Hampshire's always been second. Uh, and I don't know the case in Iowa, uh, but New Hampshire state law says their primary has to be at least one week before any other primary. So if somebody moved up their primary to uh, get ahead of New Hampshire, the New Hampshire uh, uh, would automatically leap ahead of that one. Uh, so in uh, Iowa, I don't know if that's the law. It wouldn't surprise me if it was. It is, Brad. Okay. It is, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, I think it is. Ezra yeah, we... Klein from the Washington Post did a piece on it. Uh, and, Brad, you know the story as to why, which is pretty crazy i think it was in 1972 after uh the the mcgovern thing that happened they needed everybody's results ahead of time and with the caucus taking longer it got moved up please correct any of my history if i'm wrong and then i know they couldn't find hotels in des moines or something the the democrats so yeah Yeah, now this sounds familiar now that you say it mark i mean historically not that in 72 i was into this (laughs) but Um, you know it's just Leslie. Yeah, and also so people understand why the National Committee and the Democratic National Committee have always respected uh, the tradition right. uh, for Iowa being the first caucus and New Hampshire being the first primary. Okay, so why are Iowa and New Hampshire more important than other states? I mean, they certainly don't have the highest number of delegates. So why are they more why are they more important or why are they so important and yeah South Carolina is, you know, number one, two and three, more important than a Nevada. I mean, for crying out loud, California's huge. It has what, fifty four, fifty five uh, you know, delegates, like double, you yeah. know, the number of Iowa. So explain to folks, are they important because they're first? And second uh, well let me argue, a lot of people think Iowa and New Hampshire are important because they're first. 
but I think they're not terribly important uh, in these races. Uh, you know, I think between Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, only Iowa and New Hampshire in combined contribute 4% of the delegates to the Democratic National Convention. That's it. Uh, and uh, what I think is the most important uh, set of primaries uh, will be the primaries uh, on March 1st, where you have, uh, I think, uh, 14, 11 or 14 states, I'm not sure. Uh, to me, that's the big thing, uh, because uh, on the Democratic side, uh, Bernie Sanders has to prove that he can win uh, in states where there are large black and Latino populations. And right now, uh, Sanders is doing very poorly with blacks and Latinos. Uh, by the way, it wasn't a great idea to show that Simon and Garfunkel commercial. Uh, it just had white faces in it. That didn't help. I want to talk. I want to. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about how much of a. Uh, a prediction, uh, you know, our, our key in New, uh, Iowa and New Hampshire. We'll talk about Iowa. Uh, we'll talk about New Hampshire. And we've got to talk about Republicans as well. Uh, as to we what happened last to. night. Yes, we do. Marky Mark. <laughs> yes, we do. Stop whining. Yes, we do. Uh, although uh, I, I thought I thought it was very funny. Um, uh, oh God, I'm not going to do it any justice. There's something on Facebook about, you know, Ted Cruz wins the Iowa caucus. Six more weeks of, wang- of whining and wankering or something. <laughs> Anyway, oh, wait, this is the fun one that we saw. Donald Trump says to God, I don't understand. I went to church twice. Why would I lose? What happened? And God goes, okay, we'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. We're talking about the results, the outcome of the Iowa caucuses yesterday. Hillary Clinton wins. Uh, Brad, you say it is a win, even though it's not a huge win. And uh, we'll talk. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Let's go over to the right, then we'll go back to the left. Um, Ted uh, Ted Cruz won. Well, actually, let me let me stick with Hillary. Go to Bernie, and then uh, go to go to Cruz. With Hillary, okay. Uh, um, uh, okay. We uh, before the break. Let me let me break it down. You were talking about Iowa and New Hampshire aren't as important as people make it out. Now, let's look at reality. Since 1976, in Iowa, only one of the winners became both the nominee and the president, and that was George W. Bush. In New Hampshire, since 1976, only two, that was Reagan and Daddy Bush. And for the Democrats, it was only in, from 76 to present day, Carter and Obama, who became nominees and presidents. And in New Hampshire, only Carter. So in other words, Iowa has predicted since 76, one president. And, huh? I'm sorry. I can hear yeah. you guys in the studio. I got a little confused. Um, three nominees, they've, they've you know, uh, have come out of, you know, Iowa's predictions. But only one 
president. In New Hampshire, five Republican nominees, two presidents. So one could argue New Hampshire is more important and matters more, at least, uh, you know, historically and statistically historically to uh, Republicans. Now, in Iowa, for Democrats, there have been six nominees um, and uh, actually Carter was two of them. So I guess we could say uh, five and two presidents in New Hampshire, five nominees, one president. So. You know, is Iowa a predictor? In other words, are we more likely to see, at least on the Democratic side, because it's come up with six nominees, that Hillary would be the nominee because she won Iowa? Or do you say, no way, things have things have changed a lot, not just 76, but even since 08 when Obama took Iowa? Uh, I don't think Iowa and New Hampshire predict much of anything, uh, you know. Hillary won last night, uh, but uh, it's no predictor she's going to be the nominee. Um, It might be a better predictor if she upsets Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire, uh, because if she upsets Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire, uh, I think that will be a strong blow to the Sanders campaign. So, uh, But generally, they're not very predictive. It's just... You know, the media love Iowa and New Hampshire because they come early in the system, uh, early in the process, and everybody gets a chance to uh, film the campaign, write about it. But in the the scheme of things, it's not very important. Again, Iowa and New Hampshire together only are 4% of the delegate votes at the Democratic National Convention. Um, Okay. What does this mean for Bernie going into New Hampshire? Real clear politics today have him up by 18 percent. I think you have said he'll win New Hampshire. Is he going to slaughter her uh, in uh, the polls? And did Iowa help with that, if that's the prediction, with the momentum? We'll get your response right after this quick break. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon co-hosting with me here on the only true democracy in talk radio, talking the results of Iowa. Pick up the phone and join us, 888-6-LESLIE. Leslie Marshall, when the truth matters. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Marshall, he's Brad Bannon talking about Iowa. Now, Brad, before the break, I was asking if Bernie gained um, and if Ted Cruz gains momentum going into New Hampshire, how much does getting this close to uh, the win in Iowa, first off, uh, help Bernie in New Hampshire um, or does it help at all? Well, I think it helps a little bit. I think it will help them in New Hampshire. Uh, but there's an old saying that close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Uh, and that that's sort of the, uh, you know, I, I, I admired the Sanders campaign. They did a lot. But the reality is they're, they're behind in delegates 409 to 50. Uh, and that he has not only win, but he has to win big uh, to try to, uh, you know, reduce that delegate deficit. Okay, let's talk about from there. 
He has the momentum from Iowa to New Hampshire. Right now, Real Clear Politics is an average of 18% that he is up by. You predicted Iowa would be close and that Hillary would, would eke it out. She did. And those were the press's words. In New Hampshire, prediction. Who wins on the Democratic side? Will it be Bernie? And will it be by double digits? Uh, you know, I'm almost take to answer this question because I'm afraid of ruining my perfect prediction rate on your show. Um, but I, I will anyway. On the Democratic side, I pick Bernie Sanders. And on the Republican side, I pick Marco Rubio. Really? You think Rubio's going to pull out New Hampshire? Isn't he in fourth place? Uh, well, he was uh, until last night. Um, I think the thing that's important for Rubio and not so great news for Trump and Cruz is that the people who vote in Republican primaries uh, in New Hampshire are, less, are a lot less uh, conservative than the Republicans who, vote, who showed up in the Iowa caucuses last night. Uh, and I think based on the fact, you know, if you look at it, Rubio was really the big surprise last night. No one expected him to come as close to Cruz as Trump uh, as he did. And New Hampshire is a good state for Rubio. And Rubio uh, has a lot of people afraid on the left because he seems like the most logical candidate. He's Hispanic, although he has experience. He has stood up to those in Washington. Um, you know, he's got the youth, and uh, he definitely has some more moderate factions uh, compared to some of the Republicans uh, with immigration reform. As a, as a, as yeah, a, I think that's a good assessment. Uh, he does have some Right, which is as bad for us as the Democrats. <laughs> uh, well, he has advantages to run against the Democrats, and I think Democrats have a right to be. I'd be much more worried about running against Marco Rubio than I would Ted Cruz. Exactly, which is why I'd rather Cruz or uh, Trump win in uh, New Hampshire. So let's let's talk about Bernie again, okay? Uh, from Iowa to New Hampshire. So you said you think Bernie's going to win. You don't want to. Uh, I'm asking you by double digits your prediction. I say by less than double digits. Really? So you don't think? that the actual number at the end of the day, you don't think the momentum from Iowa will get more of those New Hampshire people who look at him as brother over there, bordering state of Vermont, fellow New Englander, you don't think it's going to get uh, more of those young millennials out to vote? Well, uh, I think, you know, again, I think Bernie's going to win. I think uh, I don't think he won by double digits for a couple reasons. One of which is, remember in 2008, after losing Iowa, uh, Hillary Clinton, who was way behind in the, uh, who was way behind in the New Hampshire polls after Iowa, came back and won. Right. Uh, the other thing that uh, is going, uh, is so I, and the other thing is, you're right. Uh, you know New England geography well enough to know that New Hampshire is right next to Vermont. In fact, about one in five Democratic primary voters watch uh, Vermont TV as opposed to New Hampshire or Massachusetts TV. So there's a built-in advantage. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, the, the other problem is if you look at the polls, yeah, Bernie does very well with uh, millennials. He does great with them. The problem is Hillary Clinton does equally as well with senior citizens, uh, and they're more likely to vote. Well, yeah, we saw that uh, last night. Also, what we saw last night is Hillary's female numbers were higher than expected, weren't they? Um, yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, they were. And, you know, it may be that 
that uh, when uh, Democrats showed up at these caucus sites last night, uh, the emotional tug of, for the female uh, caucus goers uh, got very strong as they decided uh, where the, whether they're going to vote for uh, Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders. So, yeah, they were higher. And I, I also, you know, I, I'm wondering, since you get momentum, you feel the burn from Iowa to New Hampshire, and that helps him with momentum, his poll numbers go up, and maybe it'll bring more voters out in the primary in New Hampshire. A win in New Hampshire, how strong is that for him going into South Carolina? Because some people say it doesn't matter. She's got that firewall. Some people say firewall no more. Uh, we're seeing now, I think, a former, uh, you know, either uh, there's a South Carolina congressman who's endorsing Bernie Sanders now. Um, I was very surprised that Keith Ellison was endorsing Bernie Sanders, both an African-American and a Muslim, uh, endorsing Bernie. Uh, but, yeah, we can get to that another time. But how much does a win in Iowa help him in South Carolina or does she have that lockdown so strongly there's no way there's momentum from New Hampshire helping him in South Carolina? I think uh, South Carolina will be really tough for Bernie Sanders. Uh, about 60% of the voters in the Democratic primary in South Carolina will be black. And right now, if you look at the polls, uh, Hillary Clinton has a very strong hold on black voters. Uh, so I think it's going to be tough for Bernie Sanders to deal with that. How well is he going to fare, you know, in your prediction with the rest of the country? Is he going to get just the extremely uh, liberal states? Um, I mean, Mark and I were talking uh, last night off the air, obviously, because we weren't on last night, um, uh, about how, you know, I was like, you know, the big Jewish population in New York. And he goes, yeah, but Wall Street's here. You know, New York will go to Hillary. Huge momentum here in the state of California where I am for Bernie in some pockets, especially in the Bay Area. And, um, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, some of that movement in states like Oregon. Um, at the end of the day, when you look at the map as a Democratic strategist, is there – well, obviously, there's always the, you know, uh, fat lady doesn't come on stage. But, I mean, uh, is there any way that you can see uh, after New Hampshire uh, Bernie surprising everyone and ending up in the nomination? Well, uh, there's – if he can do one thing, which is a very difficult thing, uh, he has a shot on Super Tuesday, and that is uh, to uh, take away the strong support uh, that Hillary Clinton has with black Democrats and Latino Democrats. You know, I can almost predict on Super Tuesday which states uh, Sanders will probably win. I, wa- so I want to hear it. I want to hear it because I, I have a few in mind myself. So let, let me see which Minnesota, ones you uh, Vermont. Why, wait, wait, why, but why Minnesota? And I say that because Minnesota is a very large Muslim population, and Hillary has been very vocal and pro-Muslim and uh, you know, speaking out more so against Donald Trump than Bernie Sanders has with regard to the Muslim ban. Um, also, Bernie Sanders is uh, very pro-Israel, and Hillary Clinton is very pro-two-state solution and you know, uh, doesn't look at you know, Palestinians as her enemy. Um, and I would think that you know, in areas like Dearborn uh, – I'm sorry, I'm talking – Michigan. Forget, forget it, forget it. Keith Ellison is from Minnesota. Carry on, carry on. Minnesota. Okay. NPR. Minnesota, Vermont, and Massachusetts. If you look at Bernie Sanders' support in Iowa uh, and in uh, New Hampshire, uh, his support is very much built on a base of white liberals. Uh, the problem, and so, you know, if you look at Minnesota, Vermont, and Massachusetts, they're, they're 
lots of white, white liberals in those three states. Uh, but, you know, looking at South Carolina as an example, uh, you could fit all the white liberals in South Carolina into a phone booth. Uh, and it's going to be tough for Bernie to break through there. Okay, but the reality is, it is February 2nd. Super Tuesday is March 1st. Correct me if I'm wrong. March 1st. Um, okay, Tuesday, March 1st. That's less than 30 days to, you know, gather the African-American vote. That isn't going to happen. I think it's very unlikely it's going to happen. I, I mean, even if it were going to happen, 30, I don't think anybody could do it in 30 days. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you look at the attitudes of black and Latino Democrats, they love, they worship Bill Clinton, uh, and by association, uh, they love uh, Hillary Clinton. And that's, I don't know how Bernie Sanders breaks that. I just don't see it, especially in a month, like you said. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the results. If you want to join us, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number to call. Tweet, follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Marshall Brad Bannon is my co-host here on the only true democracy in talk radio. Uh, so we were talking before the break uh, about your predictions for Super Tuesday for states you think Senator Sanders would take. You started to say Minnesota. Uh, yeah, because for the same reason as Massachusetts, uh, they're mostly white states, uh, they're liberal, and Bernie Sanders does very well uh, with uh, white Democrats who consider themselves liberal. So you think and, he, you'd think he would take Massachusetts over uh, Hillary Clinton? I do, yes. But the problem is there are 11 uh, contests on Super Tuesday, uh, and if you look at the other eight, they all have large Latino and black populations. Right. Right. Very true. Very true. Okay, so we have, uh, does Hillary Clinton get any momentum going into New Hampshire? And have we seen a bump in the past 24 hours in numbers in New Hampshire? And I say that because if, you know, Bernie's going to get a bump because he performed well, well, she, it's, 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 you know, one could argue she performed just as well. And uh, also because we saw that female number um, higher than one would have expected, you know, he was doing better with uh, women. Um, what does that mean for her going into New Hampshire? And is that why you say you don't think he'll win by double digits? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and the uh, the gender aspect is interesting. Uh, I've worked a lot in New Hampshire over the years. And I think, based on my experience, uh, close to 60% of the uh, Democratic primary voters in New Hampshire will be female. Uh, so that gives her an automatic advantage. Now, I still think Bernie Sanders wins uh, New Hampshire because of the friends and neighbors effect and because of a large number of white liberals, uh, but I don't think it's going to be a runaway. Let's talk about uh, Ted Cruz. Um, and, you know, I want to remind people, and I've mentioned before, 
The last two winners of Iowa were Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum. Their campaigns crashed and burned shortly after Iowa. Is that where Ted Cruz is headed, in your professional opinion? Uh, I think probably Cruz is a stronger candidate uh, than either Santorum or uh, Huckabee were when uh, they won the Iowa primaries. Uh, I People tell me, uh, that in terms of campaign skills and organization, the Cruz campaign is way at the top. They have a very good campaign, which is why I think they won in Iowa, because they had people on the ground to turn out their vote, and Trump didn't. Uh, and Cruz is also very smart. I think Cruz, you'll see Cruz, if he gets within a sniffing distance of the Republican nomination, I think he'll start moderating his views and try to sound a lot less scary. So I, I think Cruz is a stronger candidate than either uh, Santorum or Huckabee were. Okay, so let's talk about why Donald Trump lost, in your professional opinion. Donald Trump has a huge ego, he has a lot of money, didn't spend any, and he has no political experience, has never run before. He and his people have never run a campaign before. Maybe he's hired some people that run, have run a campaign. He didn't spend time on the, hand, on the ground much, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. And uh, Ted Cruz, uh, Marco Rubio, uh, really did. Um, Ted Cruz even more so. So, and uh, Donald Trump didn't appear in the debate last week. Did Donald Trump hurt himself by not appearing in that debate, or does this purely have, in your opinion, to do with the number of campaign staff uh, on the ground and how well uh, organized or not organized a campaign was? Well, I think uh, both of them contributed. I think uh, Donald Trump made a big a very big mistake not showing up for the debate because he essentially said, oh, I don't care about Iowans. I know you're going to vote uh, in a few days, but I don't care enough to show up. And I like, I hate uh, Megyn uh, Kelly more than I love you. So I think that was a big mistake. The second thing was there is no Donald Trump campaign. You have Donald Trump. Uh, Trump is a one-man band. Uh, the Cruz campaign is an orchestra playing in perfect pitch. And that matters in primaries because the turnout's so low. You've got to identify your voters and then make sure they get to the polls. And I don't think Trump did either of those two things, but Cruz did. I want to talk about some things that have come out in the past 24 hours. And, of course, some things are legit, some aren't. This is from The Hill, so I find it to be legit. Um, Bernie Sanders' team said the party failed to staff a number of caucus sites. And Democrats in Iowa pushed back on that claim and on the claim of lost votes. Any comment? Uh, no, I don't have any comment because I don't know what happened. Uh, but, uh, you know, my guess is uh, if the Clinton campaign could make arguments, too, about why they got screwed. So uh, I don't think that matters a whole lot. Yeah, some people joking today, congratulations to Ted Cruz on winning the critically important primary state that gave us President Santorum and President, <laughs> President Huckabee. Um, and and uh, w what state would you say matters uh, – uh, what, what state would you say matters most in a primary, in your professional opinion, Brad? Because you said Iowa and New Hampshire aren't as big a deal as you think. And, and you know, perhaps it's a different state for Republicans than it is for Democrats. Well, you know, that's an easy one to answer. California – uh, Texas, Illinois, and Florida, because they are the states that produce the most votes and delegates. 
And those are the important ones. California, you know, remember when do, do, do you think do you think California is going to go to uh, Hillary for the most part? Yes, because of the Latino population. That would be my guess, unless Bernie Sanders finds a way to break through uh, the support that Latino, Hillary Clinton enjoys with Latinos. Um, why do you think Rubio will appeal to the New Hampshire voter and do so well on the heels of him coming up and doing better last night in Iowa than most expected? Well, to me, there are really two parties in the Republican Party. Uh, there's the Looney Tune Party, uh, which consists of Trump, uh, Cruz, Huckabee, Santorum, uh, Dr. Carson. And then there's the moderately conservative wing, uh, which includes Rubio, Chris Christie, John Kasich. And the reality is, and again, I've worked in New Hampshire a lot, the people who vote in Republican primaries in New Hampshire are not nearly as conservative as the people who vote, the Republicans who vote in Iowa. Absolutely. I, I, you know, there's so much to talk about. We have so little time left. I'm, I'm trying to think what, what, what question I want to. Uh, well, anything I haven't. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Brad, <clears throat> a lot of people have that I've read anyway, said that, you know, despite some being concerned about a close primary hurting the Democrats, that this is good because you're going to have a robust debate, um, which the primaries are supposed to be about a good exchange and debate of ideas, which has been reflected in the Democratic debates versus the Republican debates. I was wondering if you echo that feeling or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you look at our campaign, it's been pretty much an issues-based campaign. Uh, both Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders have talked about issues people really care about. Uh, basically, they're on the Republican side, especially Cruz and Trump, uh, and, uh, and Jeb Bush, too, for what little good it did him, uh, they have been slinging mud. Uh, and the, the secret to winning a presidential race is winning the White House is the most united party usually wins presidential elections and right now that's democrats by far thank you for your answer i agree um i want to ask you too brad that um bernie seems to be you know jumping on the republican bandwagon about these emails uh, are you surprised when he stood there and said nobody gives a damn about your emails because i really think the democrats don't give a damn about the emails whether they're bernie supporters or hillary supporters well i am surprised because uh, at the uh, first Democratic debate, uh, Senator Sanders says no one cares, and he wasn't going to make it an issue. Uh, now he's making it an issue. And does that I show think- de- does that show fear and desperation? Uh, because I honestly thought I like Senator Sanders a lot, and I was very surprised by that. I, I was not happy with that. I was, too, and for the most part, uh, both of them have run an issues-oriented campaign, uh, and I think it's a mistake for uh, Senator Saunders to bring up the emails, especially after he said he wouldn't. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong very quick, Brad. Hillary Clinton, although one Iowa people I think are overlooking, she's the first woman to win Iowa, correct? Uh, Yes, she is, and, you know, she may very well be the first woman to win the White House. (sighs) Ah. I'm hoping and praying. Thank you, Brad. Brad Bannon, I'm Leslie Marshall coming up. Wide open phones. Hey there, how you doing? Happy Tuesday is the day after the Iowa caucus, the beginning of the votes in the primary. 
to elect the nominees on the left for the Democrats, on the right for the Republicans. And it's very exciting. It was a nail biter last night for Democrats. Uh, Ted Cruz uh, won easily. And we have a lot of stuff uh, to talk about. I want to talk about five takeaways from the caucuses uh, with you, Um, one of which is that Hillary Clinton survived and advances. She won the Democratic Iowa caucuses, and that's according to final results from the Iowa Democratic Party. She just edges Bernie Sanders in the total of the state delegate equivalents that were awarded last night. We have some audio for you today, uh, various audio. This first is Hillary Clinton's reaction, and this is today to now officially winning the caucus in the state of Iowa. What's your reaction to the official results now declaring you the winner of the <laughs> Iowa caucuses? I am so thrilled, Wolf. Uh, I feel really good and very grateful to the team I had on the ground, to the tens of thousands of Iowans who volunteered, knocked on doors, came out and caucused last night. And I could feel the energy building uh, in the weeks leading up to the caucus. I was out there making my case about what I want to do and what I think our country must do to get real results uh, with more jobs, rising incomes, build on the Affordable Care Act, deal with climate change, clean energy, defend our rights, all the things I feel passionate about. And I could just watch. And in fact, in that last week, I had so many people come up to me and say that they had decided to support me. And it could not have been better. It was a great, great night. You said last night you breathed a big sigh of relief. Your words, a big sigh of relief. What did you mean by that? Well, as you recall, my luck was not uh, that good last time around. And it was wonderful to win the uh, caucus uh, and to have that experience of all the hard work, the grassroots organizing pay off the way it did. Uh, Now we're here in New Hampshire, and we are going to have a contest of ideas. I'm looking forward to the forum tomorrow night on CNN and then a debate Thursday night here in New Hampshire, because I think that uh, Democratic voters and uh, other Americans want to know what are the principal differences between me and uh, my uh, friend and opponent, Senator Sanders. And I want to, to get that information out there. I think it's important People understand that good ideas are one thing, but you've got to know how to implement. You've got to have a record of getting results. And I'm taking uh, my ideas and my record to the people of New Hampshire this week. And uh, she certainly is. And we're going to uh, talk with you in this hour. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. We want to get your take, and I'm going to be sharing with you some angles, asking you some questions. That is the number if you'd like to start calling now uh, to chat and follow me on Twitter to incorporate your opinions of the uh, last night and the outcome of that. Uh, You heard her talking to Wolf Blitzer there on CNN today. You heard her talk about being thrilled and certainly referring to her luck not being that good last time around. It was a narrow win. It followed a long night in which the two candidates remained deadlocked. Uh, And uh, Clinton faces the prospect of an extended fight for the Democratic presidential nomination. She may have to wait until late February for a realistic chance to put a solid win in her column. Uh, Senator Sanders has a strong lead in New Hampshire. That's the next state to vote on uh, February 9th. Speaking of Senator Sanders, uh, let's hear from him. This was last night talking about a virtual tie with Hillary Clinton in Iowa. Iowa, thank you. Nine, nine months ago, we came to this beautiful state 
We had no political organization. We had no money. We had no name recognition. And we were taking on the most powerful political organization in the United States of America. And tonight, while the results are still not known, it looks like we are in a virtual tie. I think the people of Iowa have sent a very profound message to the political establishment, to the economic establishment, and by the way, to the media establishment. That is, given the enormous crises facing our country, it is just too late for establishment politics and establishment economics. And that, as you know, is Senator Sanders, who has a double-digit lead, according to Real Clear Politics today, 18% above Hillary Clinton. I've always said since day one he would take New Hampshire. I'm from Massachusetts. Uh, New England is almost like its own country within a country. And even though we're different states, it's very common for people to live in New Hampshire, work in Massachusetts, live in Rhode Island, work in Massachusetts or Connecticut. Um, and it's it's just, you know, if it's like, You know, I'm from Massachusetts, you're from New Hampshire, although the different states, uh, they're neighboring states and they're, you know, considered to be cousins, if you will, uh, in demographics. I think that's the mindset. I know that's the mindset when I was growing up and, uh, you know, very common for people to travel interstate for many things, uh, you know, like I said, living in one state, working in another included. Um, uh, Talking about um, the long road ahead that everyone has, but talking about the uh, Democrats. Nevada holds its Democratic caucuses on February 20th. The South Carolina Democratic primary is a week later, and President Clinton, uh, excuse me, uh, that's her husband, and hopefully it will be her. Uh, Mrs. Clinton could uh, fare, it should be Madam Secretary Clinton. You know, a former governor's governor, she's former Madam Secretary of State. Uh, Madam Secretary Clinton could fare better uh, in those more diverse electorate states. Campaigns are fueled by victories, and, um, you know, even though she has uh, won by a little bit, um, it, 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 you know, some people say it doesn't give her staffers or donors or supporters bragging rights. But I, I don't agree with that. It could dampen some enthusiasm uh, that she had more ground uh, that she ceded to Sanders than, than she wanted. But it wasn't like it was back in the Obama-Clinton days. She spoke at a rally in Nashua, New Hampshire, earlier today before the Iowa Democratic Party's announcement. She sounded confident, even though she would not yet been declared the winner. She said, quote, I'm so thrilled to be coming to New Hampshire after winning Iowa. I have won, and I have lost there. It is a lot better to win. And the Sanders campaign is moving to capitalize on his uh, little guy fighting the big Democratic machine narrative. You just uh, to- told him uh, that he and heard him talking about going toe-to-toe with the establishment, uh, and that's also what Sanders' campaign manager, Jeff Weaver told CNN's Wolf Blitzer uh, today and talked about the gratitude. Of course, all are turning their eyes to New Hampshire, and Senator Sanders is no exception. The primary in New Hampshire is February 9th. They're also looking uh, beyond. They're talking about fighting hard in New Hampshire and going to Nevada, South Carolina, 
and that um, they're and they're doing well around the country, he said. Perhaps he hasn't looked at the numbers in South Carolina, but the Iowa results did show a Democratic Party with stark demographic fissures along class, race, age, and ideological lines. So it appeared that Clinton would wrap up the nomination quickly. Well, the caucus results suggest the primary battle is going to be long and hard. They're going to have to fight. And uh, basically fight about what is the Democratic Party referendum and what should it be. The eventual winner will be tasked with bridging a party that could be much more split and damaged than it was in 2008 after Clinton's battle with Obama. But if you remember, we brought it together and President Obama is our president and has been uh, for eight years. Um, Greg Goomer, who has watched Sanders' political career since the 70s, uh, predicted a protracted fight. He said, quote, this is a campaign that will go all the way to the convention. He's author of The People's Republic, Vermont, and the Sanders Revolution. He, he said that, uh, quote, he will stay in the race even if she's mathematically winning. He will influence what is in the platform and what Clinton says at the convention. Uh, that I wouldn't, you know, deny. Um, that, that, you know, he would stay in it for the long haul, even if the numbers aren't there. Um, anyway, uh, in Iowa last night, uh, Clinton did admit that to breathing that sigh of relief, as you heard her say, um, she lost it badly in 2008, and she's looking forward to a vigorous campaign with the senator. Um, and um, by the way, in Iowa, Bernie Sanders originally trailed Clinton by 30 points three months ago. And uh, and you heard him talk about what it was that, you know, he wasn't a name. They didn't have the machine. They didn't have uh, the money. Uh, the list goes on and on. And Ted Cruz, did he bring Donald Trump down to earth? I don't know if that's possible with one win. I don't know if it's possible with many. Here's Ted Cruz about the people, not the media, picking who's president. Iowa has sent notice that the Republican nominee and the next president of the United States will not be chosen by the media. will not be chosen by the Washington establishment. Will not be chosen by the lobbyists. But will be chosen by the most incredible, powerful force where all sovereignty resides in our nation by we, the people, the American people. I'm confused. I thought it was God. Didn't he say it was God who gave us uh, all the power, gave him all the power? <laughs> God made him a candidate and all that. Anyway, Donald Trump was beat, and he did actually congratulate Ted Cruz. Here is the Trumpmeister. On June 16th, when we started this journey, there were 17 candidates. I was told by everybody, do not go to Iowa. You could never finish even in the top 10. <laughs> And I said, but I have friends in Iowa. I know a lot of people in Iowa. I think they'll really like me. Let's give it a shot. They said, don't do it. I said, I have to do it. And we finished second. And I want to tell you something. I'm just honored. I'm really honored. And I want to congratulate Ted. And I want to congratulate all of the incredible candidates, including Mike Huckabee, who's become a really good friend of mine. So congratulations to everybody. 
Congratulations. And somebody who did better than a lot of people thought, and I thought this would happen. One, with Trump not being at the debate, and two, not being on the ground in Iowa as much, and three, not knowing how to run a political campaign, which Ted Cruz does, but so does Marco Rubio. Here was Rubio speaking to his supporters. In Iowa, he got as many delegates as Donald Trump did last night. So this is the moment they said would never happen. For months, for months, they told us we had no chance. For months, they told us because we offered too much optimism in a time of anger, we had no chance. For months, they told us because we didn't have the right endorsements or the right political connections, we had no chance. They told me that we have no chance because my hair wasn't gray enough and my boots were too high. They told me I needed to wait my turn. That I needed to wait in line. But tonight, tonight here in Iowa, the people of this great state have sent a very clear message. After seven years of Barack Obama, we are not waiting any longer to take our country back. From where and from whom? Anyway, I'm Leslie Marshall. What are your reactions to the results in Iowa? What surprised you most? 888-6-LESLIE. 888-653-7543. How much will the results in Iowa shape the rest of the race on both sides, Democrat and Republican? 888-6-LESLIE. 888-653-7543. Were you surprised by how close the outcome was between Hillary and Bernie? I wasn't. Clinton, 49.8. Sanders, 49.6. How will this affect the rest of the race? 888-6-LESLIE. Why do you think Trump underperformed compared to most Iowa polls? Hard time turning out voters, a lack of organization, or did skipping the last debate actually weigh into this? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, since Trump's a political outsider and couldn't play the campaign game, does that show that political outsiders can't play politics as well? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And Iowa's 92% white. Of the 2.2 million Iowans 18 and over, only 16% of them voted in last night's caucuses. 180K for Republicans, 171K for Dems. Is it time to change the process? And which state goes first? If so, who should go first and why? We'll be back right after this. I'm Leslie Marshall. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. day after the Iowa caucus results. Some people thought were predictable. Some people were surprised on both the left and the right. Where did you stand? Uh, what surprised you most? And what about Iowa? 92% white, only 16% of its population got out and caucused. Why are we leading with that state? And is Iowa as important as we think? Experts are saying maybe not. Let's go to the calls. 8886 Leslie. 8886537543 is the number. Starting it out on line one with Mike in Minneapolis listening on Progressive Voices. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I find it difficult to describe what happened in Iowa last night as a victory for Clinton. I mean, you've got a 
uh, understaffed uh, precincts, 90 of them, uh, coin tosses determining some of the outcomes. Uh, you've got a, a, a state party that botched the, uh, the situation, and you've got the inherent corruption of the, uh, of the caucus system as it is because low single moms, low-salary uh, workers aren't going to be able to get out and do a caucus. I don't know if you've ever been to a caucus, but we caucus in Minnesota, and it's a pain in the butt. And, uh, and then you've got on top of that the, uh, the twerked um, uh, debate schedules and uh, Watchman Schultz and her fighting, burning every step of the way, and the media blackout. So I'm a political science student, and I had Clinton by one. And I'm surprised Bernie did as well as he did, given the extremely rigged system that he has to work under. Well, I don't think it's great. I think one of the problems in Iowa is what we just talked about, and it's stats. I mean, uh, one of the one of the things is we know that Hillary does very well with minorities, so I think we're going to see very huge leads, uh, you know, over Bernie Sanders in states where there is more diversity. Iowa is ninety two percent white. It's not a proper representation of this country anymore, and certainly won't be going forward. And she did. I think I think it's a, a win from where she was in two thousand and eight in that state. I think it's a win considering. It's a 92% um, white state. Um, I think it's a win considering she had all of this bad press less than 24 hours before regarding uh, emails in the State Department talking about emails that were classified, uh, even though they were marked as such uh, in hindsight retroactively. And I think also that she, you know, I mean, a win is a win. And even though it may be by a slim margin, it is a win. But, Mike, we have to take a break. Come right back to you. I'm not hanging up on you. You've got to take a break, and I'll come back to you for your uh, remarks right after this. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. thing on Facebook about Donald Trump and I do have to share. I do look at Facebook during the break when I'm on the air. So all of you posting, I am actually seeing these things. So be nice. Uh, Anyway, this is Donald Trump and they show the weird face he has. Uh, A weird face. That awkward moment when you spend your entire campaign railing against immigrants and foreigners and then get beat by a Canadian Latino. Yeah, I love it. Anyway, let's go back to the calls. And we were talking uh, with uh, Michael in Minneapolis. Michael, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Uh, uh, Michael, uh, we were just talking about you didn't think it was a win for Hillary. I thought it was a win for both of them, for Hillary and for Bernie in in different respects. Well, really, what's important is, are the American people going to win? And I don't think they can. Well, I think the, wait, wait, wait. Mike, I want to jump in. Good point. I think the American people lose when we look, I know it's tradition, to a state that's 92% white, which is not America, and no offense to Iowa, and when, we, and when only 16, 16% of the people show up to caucus Right, but among, among those people that did show up, particularly women, women under 30, 84% when it was Bernie, 
women between 30 and 44, 53% went with Bernie. Yeah, but if you look but at the – wait a minute, wait a minute. If you look at how well Hillary – well, first of all, but that was to be expected. Bernie has been polling better with women and has been growing with women. What wasn't expected right. was how well Hillary did with women. She did very well with women in Iowa. The, 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 most of the women I know that are that are partisan Democrats are voting for Hillary not because of her trade policy, her foreign uh, uh, affairs policy, her education policy, her uh, national security policy. They're voting for her because she's a woman. Well, some women will some women will vote for her because she's a woman, just like some people voted for Barack Obama because he was African American, and some people will vote for a Latino because they're Latino, and that's a reality. My, but I would say you need to meet more women then, because I'm I'm a woman who one of the appeals for me is that she is a female, uh, but that that is not the only reason. I would I wouldn't just vote for a woman because Sarah Palin's a perfect example of someone I would never right. vote for. Yeah, but so was it? Was it her Iraq War vote that you thought was okay, or her backing of trade? Uh, oh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't or, happy. Or I wasn't. Trade or I w- are you asking me? or Are you telling me? Hmm? I was not happy, and I did not support the war in Iraq. Um, but I. But even if she had voted against it, we still would have gone. That wouldn't have changed it. She wasn't she like was hers. positioned. She was perfectly positioned as a Vietnam War protester, as and as a Democrat from New York. To stand up and go, hey, this is a bad idea. But the American people were for it. The majority of Congress was for it because of a lie that our president told us and that we believed. Were you fooled? Oh, actually, actually, I believed I believed him, but I still didn't feel we should go because I did not want to invade a sovereign nation. I didn't know it was a lie, and even worse when I found out it was a lie. Chance that greatness passed. Okay. Well, that's your that's your opinion, Mike. That's your opinion. We're not here. We're not here to scream about candidates. We're here to talk about the caucus. So you feel it wasn't a win for Hillary. Anything to say about the Republicans? Anything to say about the Republicans? No, Mike. I'll tell you something. Uh, No, and I don't mean this in a personal attack, but what I'm hearing from you, for me, represents what's wrong not only with America with voters and with Democrats. I am a Democrat. And that is vitriol, division, anger, which I guess is better than apathy, right? But we saw a lot of apathy in Iowa or laziness, 16%. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. And that's not of the entire population. That's just of people 18 and over. 18 and over. Yeah, well, you can't be... Any under no, but just vote, in case though, people Mark. are like, just in case some people are like, oh, is that of the whole population? No. Or well, something? obviously of the vote. Though. Okay, I'm sorry, of the voting population. No, I just obviously I, I'm not expecting six year olds to get out there <laughs> and to vote because their parents are too damn lazy to do it. Let's no, go to the rest of the calls. Uh, let's go to Cliff in Virginia, line three, listening on Progressive Voices as well. Cliff, good afternoon. Hello, thank you for taking my call again. Thank you for joining us. How you doing, Cliff? What did you think about last night? Well, I. I'm just happy to say that I was right. I called yesterday. I said Ted Cruz was going to win. You did. And I told you, and I told you why he was going to win because he had the best organization on the ground. Yeah. And he won. Right. I told you Hillary Clinton was going. I told you Hillary Clinton was going to win because she had the best organization on the ground, and she won. Now, what about so, the guy who called just before you and say, "But it wasn't a win"? Are people that say it isn't a win because it's close? Well, I would say one that that gentleman is is experiencing sour grapes. Uh, and also, as an addendum to that, he kind of represents the reason why a lot of people are getting upset with Bernie Sanders, because 
they're so focused on basically deconstructing Hillary Clinton versus, you know, pushing for their nominee and trying to beat the Republicans in November. Uh, this is really starting to turn more vitriolic than the 2008 race uh, when Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton ran against each other. And some of the misogyny that I'm seeing directed towards Hillary is even more alarming than some of the racism that Barack Obama experienced. And that level of misogyny is not even really being reported by the mainstream media. And I think your previous caller illustrated that. Okay. So since you're a predictor and you did so well with Iowa, then what about New Hampshire? Well, I think, you know, I think Bernie will win New Hampshire. I think, you know, his proximity to Vermont and, you know, that, that electorate is tailor-made for Bernie. And I think Donald Trump will come back as the lion and win New Hampshire, you know, given his northeastern roots. Uh, I think that uh, Ted Cruz is kind of scary. Uh, I don't – I think – and one of the things about Marco Rubio that I found interesting, a lot of the uh, pundits were saying how Marco Rubio appeals to so many different um, types of Republicans. But I think in order for you to get a, a lion's share of a particular block of Republican voters, they have to see you as one of them completely. I think that Ted Cruz really has the hard right, you know, the, the evangelical vote. I think Donald Trump will get the business community and I think Marco Rubio is going to be trying to get everything else. So I would say Trump and Sanders next week in New Hampshire. But all eyes will be on South Carolina. That's the real test, in my opinion. All right. Thank you. We will see what happens. Cliff, you'll have to call us after February 9th when the primary in New Hampshire takes place. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to Paul in Washington, Line 5, also listening on PV, Progressive Voices. Paul, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. I think we pretty well don't know very much right now i mean this this I, I think i agree with you that this uh iowa and i in fact all the three early states are way overrated and unreliable you know iowa has only been the the leadoff state for it hasn't even been 50 years it only started in 1972 and since then it has been a very poor predictor uh of of what, who will be the nominee on either side, and, and then who will actually win the election? We've we got a state of 3 million people. We are a nation of over 300 million people. Yep. And as you've pointed out, it's most, what, 92% white. I don't, I think it's, it, on the Democratic side, it provides more questions because it was essentially, what did you say, it was 49.6 to 498 uh, let me see. I think that sounds right. That's what I thought I heard you say. And if you've got numbers there, I'm, I'm curious to know what the actual Democratic number turnout is. The other thing well, is we have the exact turnout. We have 171,000 Democrats, 180,000 uh, Republicans. And okay. and um, she won, uh, And actually, everybody's saying she won by little, but actually she won by three delegate votes. And I know there were six uh, coin tosses, but, you know, she you, know, you win, you win. If Bernie had won by that, I would say he was the winner as well. I mean, even though it's slim, absolutely, it's still a win. Well, but then you look at, if you start taking things in an aggregate, uh, I would predict that Bernie Sanders will win in New Hampshire. So. I would have predicted Bernie Sanders would win in New Hampshire um, the minute he announced he, he's a candidate because he's from Vermont. Okay. 
I don't know if that necessarily follows, but... It does. I'm from New England. It okay. does. Right. We're sort of like our own community within the United States. How, how, you know, I mean, there's the Northeast. We're within the Northeast. How many other parts of the country have some a name in addition to geographic location? There's yeah, the North, I, the I, South, the East, the West, the Northeast, the Southwest, the, 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 the Northwest. Um, however, you know, uh, you know, the Pacific Northwest, we're New England. <laughs> it's a whole different yeah. thing. Well... Okay, in the 11 elections that, uh, that, that Iowa has been the leadoff primary st- or uh, caucus state, actually, you know, really it's, it's the Democrats in Iowa caucus, and it's more of a primary for Republicans because the Democrats have to go to the caucus and then you debate and everything. The Republicans show up and essentially put a ballot in. There's not necessarily all the debate. So I don't know how reliable any of these are. And here's the other thing about I've thought about the, the early states voting. I don't think we're going to know very much until the end of next month. And the reason about the early states voting is it really... Why would you say the end of March as opposed to the beginning? Isn't, don't you think Super Tuesday will be the determining factor? Oh, oh well, okay, yeah, Super Tuesday. But, I mean, I meant once we have, once we have some votes. In, look at it this way. So, in other words, you want to see more of a cross-section of uh, voters throughout states in America that are more of an actual representation of America. Sure, and... Uh, neither Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders actually has much of a presence of a campaign out here on the West Coast where you and I are. Uh, I, I know that. I just went to a Bernie Sanders uh, whatever meeting, and that's part of what they told us is that the, neither of the campaigns have a big presence here yet. So, and the other thing is, look at the look at the idea of the early voting, this beginning of February. Why would that be an indicator in the United States of America when people change their minds, you know, at the drop of a hat? The election is until, you know, people need more time. I don't, I don't really think the early states, they're just the kickoff, bellwether kickoff of the election season, I guess, officially. All of the, you know, all the shouting is over with, and now it's time to put up. It's not a great surprise that it, on the Republican side. Even though Trump's the big blowhard, I, st- I still think he'll win. In, yeah, he'll win in New Hampshire, and just like what you said, I guess because well, New York is in New England, but it's the Northeast. He'll win there. And you I, think? I, wait, I, wait, 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 you wait. You think Bernie will win New York? No, no. I oh, said, Trump, Trump, Trump. I said sorry, Trump's from New York, and New York isn't necessarily. Well, I think Trump's going to win New Hampshire just because I yeah. think it's real. Just and Bernie. Uh, because he's from Vermont, I would expect him to win New Hampshire. But I really feel if you have that big a lead, he has 20% lead after losing Iowa. As of today, I haven't seen that change. Trump, I just don't see that coming down in a week's time to the point of coming in second. Right, and exactly right. So and I, agree, I do agree with you. These though. three states together, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, are a total of, what, 19 electoral votes. The, the total number of people is not even 10 million. I mean, the total number of people in these three states is the population just about of New York City. So I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in this. It's, it's not a good representation of the country. Well, then you would agree with Brad Bannon, who was our guest last hour, which is Iowa and New Hampshire aren't as big a deal as people think it is, pretend it is, or the media make it out to be. And, it's, and that's oh, the media. You said, that, you said the main word, the media. This is all about the media the media are the real. <laughs> I won't say the word. The media, uh, uh, what this is all. The media is what this is all about. I really don't think it has to do with much about what people in the United States of America really think about these two candidates. We but we have our you know people have argued on your program and other programs. 
you know, why, why Hillary or why Bernie is the breakthrough. I don't know what they think on the Republican side. <laughs> you really want to choose between Donald Trump and Ted Cruz? Not nuttier. I mean, and you can put whoever first on that ticket, not nuttier. Actually, I'll take Ted Cruz, and, and I'll tell you, not me as, for president, against a Democrat. And the reason is he's not moderate enough. He's too far right. He is too cuckoo. There'll be a lot of issues coming up with where he was born and if That's he, in fact, sure. can run. And I do think, based on this state, electing Arnold Schwarzenegger, that you can see stars in people's eyes when celebrities run for politics. We've had a number of politicians who have been and are. Al Franken uh, Al Franken is a celebrity, okay? Sonny Bono was a celebrity. Ronald Reagan was a celebrity. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a celebrity. I mean, the list goes on. What's his name? Uh... Uh, was it uh, Gopher on the Love Boat was a celebrity. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Paul, always good talking to you. I'm Leslie Marshall. More to come chatting with you at 8886-LESLIE. When we finish with a call, your cue to call through, line available whenever we finish, as we just did now, talking about the results from the caucus in Iowa yesterday. Anything you liked from last night? Anything you didn't? Anything you're surprised by from the caucus in Iowa? Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Leslie. No, I, I wasn't really surprised on the Democratic side, uh, uh, especially after reviewing some of the numbers uh, from uh, the demographic groups that turned out uh, on the Democratic side uh, and where they came from. I noticed uh, today in the analysis that Senator Sanders is uh, is uh, bragging or touting uh, the fact his campaign is touting the fact that he did so well among uh, younger people. But uh, when you go back and look at the 2008 uh, caucus numbers, the Democratic numbers were down uh, far down this year compared to 2008. And uh, I, I think that's testament to the fact that uh, uh, Secretary Clinton uh, has got uh, a four-wheeled war wagon. Uh, compared to uh, uh, Senator Sanders, uh, two-wheeled salty, she comes into uh, into this campaign and will continue in this campaign in the other states with primaries, having a very uh, formidable machine based on her experience, the experience of her husband and uh, her association with the Obama administration. Her uh, her 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 campaign is just uh, far superior in its logistics, and I think that's what. Uh, brought her back from the brink of disaster to uh, to eking out a win. On the, on the Republican side, um, I, I think that Donald Trump's uh, main problem is that he spends more time looking in the mirror uh, than he does uh, making sure that he's got uh, an oper- apparatus uh, that works. Uh, you'll notice that in the analysis today, it was noted that Senator Cruz uh, went uh, and spent a lot of time doing data mining on the same counties that uh, uh, Romney had won in the primary in the caucus there. 
And I think that that just goes to, to show you what um, uh, a more intelligent operation does that's not just uh, bombast and vitriol. I would agree with you there. I would agree with you. Um, what do you think you'll see in New Hampshire? What would you like to see in New Hampshire? Well, you know, after the uh, punch in the nose that the pundits took yesterday on the Republican side, um, I'm not sure that it's worth going too far out on a limb as you watch uh, leads come and go in the twinkle of an eye. I agree with uh, most of the uh, prognosticators that uh, uh, Sanders should win this election uh, in, uh, in New Hampshire, although I don't know if the margin will hold up. And uh, I, I think for Sanders to maintain uh, a strong position, he would need to really uh, crush her by what the numbers, at least by what the numbers show now. And I'm thinking that may not happen. And as far as the Republican side goes, uh, you know, I, that's a tough one. Uh, New Hampshire, as you know, because you come from, quote, unquote, New England, is a, is a different place. And they're very contemplative and they play things very close to the vest. And uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, Republicans in, in New Hampshire are very different Republican than in Iowa. And the same could be said for a Democrat in New Hampshire. Actually, uh, actually, I mean, I'd go to Vegas that Bernie's going to win New Hampshire uh, oh, yeah. and he should win it. I mean, he should win it seriously because he is considered, you know, sort of like a cousin because he's from Vermont. I, I'm serious. Is, he, if he did not win New Hampshire, that would be an embarrassment if I were him. Yeah. The question is, is he going to cover the spread? And I think that's where that's where more of the interest lies. And I think that's true for I think this uh, I think uh, Hillary Clinton uh, is playing that uh, the same way. I think they're they're trying to narrow the spread for him, and uh, that's going to be where it goes. Um, and, uh, you know, does uh, does Trump's lead hold out in New Hampshire after getting his nose bloodied uh, in uh, Iowa? I don't know. Does uh, you know the fact is that he finished just like a hair above Rubio in Iowa. And uh, the previous caller kind of uh, downplayed the importance of the or the validity of the uh, uh, earlier early primaries or caucuses. But, you know, they're the only game in town and they're the only way that uh, people can gauge what's going on. Uh, I think the the thing that's driving everybody nuts and please don't take this uh, uh, the wrong way professionally, but the 24 hour news cycle is what's driving people crazy. I mean, we've had Iowa caucuses, New Hampshire primaries forever. Uh, but the constant drumbeat of uh, prognostication and punditry is on, on both sides on all the network spectrum are, are, is what really drives people crazy. You know, when you just had newspapers and radios uh, uh, and ex- early television, this uh, Chinese water torture it just didn't exist. Yeah, very true. I am out of time. I am out of time. But Mike, call me again, please. You're a very good caller. I know there are a lot of you I didn't get to. My apologies. I wanted to give everyone time, and the hour goes by very quickly. We'll be back tomorrow on Hump Day, and I hope you will as well. I'm Leslie Marshall. I want to say thanks to Marky Mark and Andrew, my executive and assistant producers who make this show and so many other things Leslie Marshall possible. Have a great day, everyone, and sleep well tonight. The caucus has passed. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. You ever hear something and know the world will never be the same? Houston, we have liftoff. Well, wait until you hear this one. 
half-price coffee. That's right. Get into McDonald's weekdays before 10.30 a.m. for any size premium roast coffee or iced coffee. Both made with 100% Arabica beans, both half the price. Good is brewing. And that's the sound of your morning changing. Limited time only. May not be combined with any offer or combo meal at participating McDonald's.